This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And good evening and welcome back to The Glow Show. I'm with Will and I'm with uh, Gabby. How have you been today, Gabby? Fantastic. I'm really excited about today's show. It is. It's quite a fascinating one today and, and it sort of rings a little true to heart with myself because, as you all know, it's been a year and a half since I've come out and um, the whole sort of LGBTI world is quite new and quite foreign and can be quite challenging at times for me. And so today we're talking about uh, sex on premises and some of the challenges that are face people with those sort of things. It's a totally new world to me, and yeah, understand a little bit about it. Well, we might have a bit of a um, sensitive conversation, and it might trigger a few people. So make sure that while you're listening, you're aware that there are services available. So CASA services, which are the Centre Against Sexual Assault, you can get online and check out where your local one is if you need to speak to anyone if anything's triggered with you. But we are t- going to be talking about sexual assault. And sex on-premises venues, we've got some wonderful people in the room. Uh, I'll start with um, Detective Sergeant Dean Raab from our Sexual Offence Child Investig- Investigation Team. Welcome, Dean. Good evening to you both. And, of course, our regular Jen Dixon <laughs> from uh, – where are you from, Jen? I'm from Priority Communities Division. Victoria Police, Victoria right? Police, yes. Okay. I'm the LGBTI Portfolio Manager. Wonderful. And one of our sex on-premises venues owners, we've got Shane Gardner. Good evening. How are you? What were you whispering to me? What were you mouthing? General manager. General manager, sorry. <laughs> and with um, Shane, we've also got Warren, who works at the venue as well. Hi. Good evening, Gabby. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> All right, so um, before we get started, uh, I guess we'd like to tell everybody what a sex on-premises venue is, and I think Shane's probably the best person to do that for us. Thanks, Gabby. Sex on-premises basically means what it says. We... Um, we offer a service where people can pay an entry fee, enter the premises and use the premises for a variety of um, features, i.e. Uh, swimming pools, spas, steam rooms, saunas, uh, free internet, etc. We have licensed bar and cafe. So aside from all that, then we have play areas. In uh, Wet on Wellington, it is uh, upstairs. We've got uh, porn lounges, private blockable cubicles, um, sling rooms and, uh, and other associated areas. But basically, when you come to a sex on-premises venue, you're not paying for sex. You're paying for an entry fee. The sex is never guaranteed. So it's different than a brothel? Very much different from a brothel. A really good line in the sand there. A brothel can only have six rooms, certainly can't be licensed to sell alcohol where we have all those things. We received our accreditation from the Victorian Government in 2011 um, to, uh, to say that, we, uh, that, we, that we're an accredited operator and we can um, operate as such. And so we've got a number of sex on premises venues around Melbourne and then outside the metro area. Uh, and so I'm assuming that when men go there for the first time, they probably don't really understand what happens when they're in there and that they can say no to sex. Yeah, when someone enters our venue, one of the first things we have 
uh, at the entry of all our venues, and we own uh, Bay City Sauna in Elstonwick and Peninsula Sauna and Spa in Seaford as well but at entries we have a code of conduct and conditions of entry and then once you get inside there is also those type of um, instructions inside the staff are also good you know you can always tell a newcomer and if they're if they're not sure or haven't been there before they're given a guided tour and of course that you know the, the the rights and wrongs and, and the etiquette of a sauna is explained to them and we've got a you've got a pretty good um engagement and relationship with victoria police haven't you certainly have yeah we it's been ongoing for since we opened uh, 17 years ago at, at Wedham wellington um both the local police and through socket and we've also gone in to some of your establishments and ones that you're not involved in and done training with, with the workers. So they understand that when uh, anyone comes to them with uh, possibly being a victim of a crime, that they can talk to firstly the people that work there and, and also to the police. That's right. Yeah, our staff have, have been instructed that if someone comes up to them with an issue, um, we, we aren't the best people to give them um, the exact guidance. However, we try and point them in the right direction. If it's sexual health, we can point them towards the women's hospital, rural women's, or uh, the Alfred. Uh, if it's a police issue, then towards Socket or their local police station. I was going to say, what, what I'm finding interesting, um, look, I'm new, I've been gay all my life, clearly, but um, it's amazing when you're in the closet and you hide, you you don't have that exposure to the LGBTI world. And, and I, I literally didn't know that the existence of saunas until probably 12 months ago and didn't understand anything about them didn't didn't realize they existed in australia i I had an idea that things like that existed in the united states but um so i'd technically be a newcomer so what would i expect if i was to rock up to wet on wellington for the first time and how would i be looked after uh look Great question. Um, like I mentioned earlier, if you come into Wedham Wellington, I guess our guys have a bit of a, a an extra sense. They can always tell when someone is new by the by the question they might might ask. You know, generally they might say something like, "Oh, do I get a towel?" They'll be given a key. Well, do I get a towel? So you know they're new because you know. So for seventeen years, we we always return the towels to their lockers and make sure the ta- the the lockers are nice and clean for them. So as soon as that question is raised, we then ask them, "Have you been here before?" But the says no we meet them around the front say come on in we meet them around the front we show them all the all where the layout is of everything where exits are where the you know the the two stairwells going upstairs are um and and also we at the end of our corridor where, where the locker room is we say to them have a bit of a read of that as well and if you've got any other concerns come back and talk to us generally get, they figure it out pretty quickly though do you get a lot of newcomers yeah we do okay yeah yeah well, like when i say new i would say um i would say we probably get 20 a week wow yeah, yeah. That's, that's fascinating one of the reasons why we had you in today is because there have been some instances from some of the sex on premises venues over the past six months or so where um, some people have come to Victoria Police to complain a- about being assaulted within these types of venues. Uh, and I think the main thing that we want to discuss is when does sexual activity cross the line into a sexual assault? And generally that comes down to consent. And so we want to talk about with our detective here, the specialist in the room, about what consent is, how we understand it, and how it can can change from one moment you're consenting and one moment you're not. And if you stop consent and, and withdraw consent, the, the other person has has to then stop the activity. Yeah, look, and it's it's interesting discussion and, and it's amazing how people get confused with consent when they go into facilities like this. So um, I think that 
break to some messages. And as soon as we get back, I think we'll get into all of that. So, yeah, it's a very interesting topic and very fascinating guests tonight. And you're listening to The Glow Show. And we'll be back after these messages. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. Welcome back. You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy 94.9. We're having a discussion with one of our managers from a sex on-premises venue in Melbourne, Shane Gardner, and also in the room we've got um, Detective Sergeant Dean Raab from Melbourne Sexual Offence Child Investigation Team, including a number of other guests. Um, But we're talking about consent in relation to sexual assault and sexual activity. Now, Shane, you had something you wanted to mention. Yeah, I think um, you you mentioned earlier... um the last six months, you know, we, we have issues. I think we've always had issues, but probably the last five or six years, people are feeling more comfortable about talking to the police. You know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was a lot of issues where things were happening happening in parks and so on. People would not report it because of their fear of how they might be treated. People are a lot more comfortable with the police department with um, with the reaction that they're getting. So I think that certainly helps. It, that's good news. Unfortunately, we still are getting a lot of people not reporting to us and feeling uncomfortable doing that. So we want to make sure they, they're aware that they can report through other services, uh, sexual assault services. They don't have to speak to police. It always is, is a good thing to do to talk to someone about it, about it if you're a victim of sexual assault. Um, now, Dean, Detective Sergeant Dean Raab from Melbourne Socket. Call me, Dean. Uh, <laughs> we, we will be. <laughs> um, want to get your perspective on what the law says about when – a sexual sexual activity crosses that line into sexual assault. So how do we explain to people what consent is? Okay, look, in, in simplistic terms, um, it's an audible response to a question. Uh, are you up for sex tonight? And if they say yes, well, that's consent. It could be a wink or a nod. And the inference there is, yeah, that that, that person is up for sex. You know, it could be um, a cross of the arms means no, I'm not up for it tonight. It, it really depends on the situation. There is no black and white in relation to consent. Uh, it would be easy to say an audible question asked, are you up for sex tonight? And an audible response, yes or no, is the easiest way to do it. But we know that's not always the case. Consent can be given. Consent can be withdrawn. Consent can not be given at all. Okay, so you can be in the middle of sex and that person says, well, I don't want to do any more. And if they say they don't want to do any more, then that person that is having sex with them has to stop. If they don't stop, they're guilty of a sexual offence. So really that's quite simple. Yeah. But what about in a sex on premises venue when often people don't even talk to each other? They just walk into a room or they approach someone uh, and they think, I think the difference between sex on premises venues is that some people have an idea that because you're in there, that everyone's up for it mm. and it doesn't matter who it is and they're just going to have sex with you. And I've heard that. You know, you've got anecdotal rules that once you cross the threshold into the, the sex on premises venues, that it's a free for all. The rule of law applies. It's no different to being out in the street to being on the venue. As I said, if, if someone doesn't want to have sex and you proceed to have sex with them, that's a sexual assault. If you are having sex with someone and they choose to withdraw that consent and you continue, that's a sexual assault. Okay? I think this is interesting, um, particularly around this conversation. As you say, you know, there's been um, uh, breaches of sexual consent over the, you know, there always has been. There's always been issues with um, the crossover between consent and non-consensual sex. But I think 
you know, historically and, and particularly in LGBTI culture, there's been an understanding, an unspoken understanding of the way in which we engage with sex and quite often that is unspoken. So there's that cultural barrier there. And now that we're having more of those public conversations around the Me Too movement um, and consent in general, it's sort of bringing to the forefront what it is that we actually know about consent and how we sort of do that in our various communities. And I think it's a timely conversation for us to be having. It's a good point. And it comes down to when you're in a venue, whether it's sex on premises or a nightclub or any venue, uh, people may be intoxicated on alcohol. They may be using certain drugs. So they're affected um, by those drugs. Uh, So does that change anything? Obviously, if you're intoxicated, if you're unconscious, if you're asleep, I'm assuming you can't give consent then. No, I mean, you know, it's it's common sense. Mm -hmm. You know, if they are asleep, they're unconscious, there's no way they can give consent. They're drug affected. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that they haven't given consent at the time because there are cases where, you know, they wake up in the morning and they think, oh, well, I've had sex. I don't know why I've had sex. I don't know why I feel sore. I must have been violated. And a conversation has ensued between two parties and it was consent at the time. So, you know, look, drug drug use and alcohol use does affect people's judgments, both offenders and, and victims. And we've had an occasion where um, someone has had sex with someone while they're asleep. And this can happen in a relationship in your in your bedroom at home. Uh, the, the one partner thinks, this is my partner, they're asleep, but I'm going to have sex with them. That's actually a sexual assault. Absolutely. It's a rape. Mm. So what should people do if um, they wake up and discover that they're in the process of sex? Well, um, I would hopefully have them say, well, no more, stop, stop what you're doing. I did not consent to this. Um, If you continue, I'm going to report it to police. One of the things that comes to my mind, um, I really admire uh, the the wet-on Wellington facility and other sauna facilities around Melbourne and certainly Australia uh, allows uh, gay people to, or LGBTI people, to partake and make friendship uh, and do it in a safe environment, which is really, really important. You know, I reflect on other countries that wouldn't have that luxury and those facilities. And what then tends to happen is people are out on the street engaging in uh, toilet block sexual encounters and so they don't have the security and safety. With regards to personal security and personal safety, what's some of the things that you can highlight to us all that that services like Wet on Wellington and others do support? provide look interesting you ask that question because there's one more that one more word you can add to it and that's dignity people and, and we'll use yourself well for that matter um you know people who are newbies can come into the venue and they don't have to feel guilty they can feel as one they're welcomed into a venue they can be themselves and they can and and whether they have sex or not they don't have to leave there feeling like they've been in some dirty old place you know they can they can leave there feeling good about themselves you know and the fact that they're they're, they're grabbing hold of their life and you know it, it's a power thing to them you know congratulations to them for doing that yeah i many years ago i remember watching a documentary um, and it had Stephen Fry, and um, he said that he only ever partake, partook in entering a sex on premises facility or sauna in San Francisco only once, and he ran out with fear. And I mean, I'd probably have the same reaction. And I'd, it's quite fascinating. I always question myself: Would I ever go, or wouldn't I ever go? Mm. It's it's such an unknown quantity. So, where would someone like me find out more information if I? was thinking about going and where, where can I go to to view the facilities or feel more comfortable about going as, as a new person? Look, as a new person, we've actually had people that have contacted us 
and wanted to, felt quite uncomfortable about it. But we're quite happy for people to come in, even when we're closed, when we're cleaning, and have a look around so they can see what the, what the layout is. Because obviously when, when we're open, the lights are dim, you know, and, and it takes a while for your eyes to adjust. So people can come in um, by appointment and have a bit of a look around and, 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 and see that it's not, you know that, that it's safe. You know because safety is one of the one of the key issues. We we always try always try and keep our websites um, up to date as well to give people um, a, a good idea. We've also got a virtual reality, I think that's what it's called, um, where you can hop on hop on the website and you can you can take a trip around the venue because we've had cameras and all that through it. Um, Victorian AIDS Council is another great one for, for giving the layouts of venues and all that type of thing and how to get help and all that type of thing. Now, that's excellent. Um, well, we're just going to cut to a few messages and we'll be back. You're listening to The Glow Show on 94.9. This is The Glow Show. Share your thoughts on today's topics and we'll get back to you soon after the show. Email theglowshow at joy.org.au. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. And yeah, welcome back. You're uh, with Will and Gabby on The Glow Show and um, we've been talking everything about sex on premises. My face has probably changed about 13 <laughs> different colours of red. You get a Tordman's paint <clears throat> chart. And, um, but it's, it, it is a reality in life, these facilities, and they do provide an, an excellent service. Uh, there's just one thing I'd like to say that uh, also comes to mind is when you run a pub and you have alcohol in it, the challenges that you 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 have with with alcohol um, can be incredible. You know the some of the issues that, and the violence that's created. Um, I really have to take my hats off to anyone that runs a facility like Wet and Wild. and you have alcohol there and you have sex on the premises. I mean, you're dealing with dynamite on dynamite, as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, you you definitely have some fantastic challenges, but you you engage the community and, and you engage the police, which is a great thing. Um, is there any other sort of challenges that you have to deal with running a place like this that look unforeseen? Well, there is. Um, just backing up to the uh, to the alcohol. The, the alcohol is a byproduct of what we do. It's no different to making a meal for a person or making sure there's condoms in the uh, in the rooms and lube and so on. It's just it's another byproduct of the business. Um, it's not a main part of the business. We practice our RSAs, you know very very responsibly and make sure that um, you know people don't drink too much you know we can't stop people popping a pill or doing something like that but we can certainly monitor what they're drinking now you've won me over with the free internet I can <laughs> <laughs> Well, on uh, The Glow Show on Joy 94.9, one of our key messages is always about safety. And uh, the Glows and Priority Communities Division and our socket members have worked with Wet on Wellington and Subway Sauna in relation to trying to make sure the venues are safe and trying to ensure that the men that go into the venues are aware of what a sexual assault is, what consent is, and how to report. So from our conversations, a number of posters were created, uh, which your venues are putting up to make sure men are aware of that message. So, Jen or Shane, do you want to share a few of those messages that are on the posters? Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's been some great work done both from Wet on Wellington and also by Subway Sauna. And I think that, um, you know, it really outlines what your guide to consent is. So, um, I'm, I'm looking at one from Subway Sauna, um, which sort of outlines, um, the you know, some things to consider around sexual consent. Um, uh, sexual consent must be explicit. It consents, Consent occurs when one person voluntarily agrees to the proposal or desires of another. Um, you can always change your mind. It's always good to check in with the other person. 
uh, it's fine to slow things down or to stop and drinks and drugs affect consent. So there's some um, further information in, in there for people to consider and, and I think that that, um, that conversation is had when people enter the premise. Um, when on Wellington, of course, um, Shane and the, the, the gang have put together some um, really great advice around, um, you know, the growing issue of, of people having concerns around um, laying down, taking a nap, um, addressing those issues that, we, that you were talking about before um, and where, what, what's acceptable on the venue and what isn't acceptable. Um, and, you know, and that, you know, the, the, the venue is not responsible for that person's sexual well-being, that everybody that enters a sex on-premise venue must, um, you know, consider um, what it is that they're doing there and, and take some, some um, stock of, you know, what the, um, you know, what the, the situation is. One key message, which is very simple, is if you're asleep or if a person is asleep or unconscious, they cannot consent. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty easy one. People should be wearing that on T-shirts in there. Maybe you should have one of those on, on your <clears throat> workers, Shane. But I think that's one of the most important points because that used to be um, something that was, I think, accepted within certain cultures, um, probably a hangover from the 90s, Shane, or the 70s, the 80s, you know, around that time. If you were in a sex on-premise venue, then there was a presentation of um, somebody wanting to have sex. And that I think I think some people, some yeah, people well, in the community would see that as a gesture to um, somebody being up for sex mm. and that's kind of shifted a little bit um, socially and also within the community so I think that's an interesting um, point to consider that whereas it might have been considered um, somebody being um, open for sex in the past it might not necessarily be the case and that's where the legal ambiguity comes into it. Mm. And the fact that you're in a sex on premises venue doesn't mean you're willing and that's able right. to have sex just because someone is next to you. Right. Yeah, exactly and, 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 and if you are in a room and your intention is to leave the door open and wait for some to enter, there's every chance you could pass out, which means you cannot give consent. Even though your initial leaving the door open is giving consent or used to be a way of giving consent in the past, this is no longer the way we're treating mm. it. If we actually go around, we, we, we will see if a person's passed out, we will lock a door. Well, that's good. I mean, it's by law, that was never how we would look at consent. But mm. I guess in one of those venues, that's one of the indicators of, hey, I'm ready and willing to participate, yep. but it's it can't be considered that anymore. Now, Dean, we want to make sure that you're giving explaining the the um, what consent is um, and make, making sure you leave here being happy with the messages that you've given to the community. So is there anything else you wanted to add in relation to consent? Oh, I think uh, all parties have, have covered it pretty well. Um, you know, look, from a policing point of view, it's no means no, and that's that's the message we want to get across. Um, you and know, no doesn't have to be a verbal no. That's correct. It could be they turn their back. It could be any number of actions. But um, generally, I think most people would be appreciative of what a, a positive response is. And if you're not getting that positive response, then sex isn't on. And if someone found themselves in that situation and wanted to make a report, um, what do you advise them to do? They can go to the local police station. They can report it online. Um, they can report it through the CASA services. And if they want to, CASA services will refer it on to police. So the appropriate branch, I mean, if an offence happened in, in Collingwood, for instance, my particular unit would look at it. If it happened in Ballarat, there's a Ballarat socket that would look at it. Um, so the appropriate services would be engaged. What Victoria Police is doing now is following the wishes of the victim. A victim may say, well, I've been assaulted, but I don't want to do anything about it. I just want to get it off my chest. I want to tell people. And it's cathartic for them. I mean, primarily we want to ensure they get counselling services, but uh, it, it's entirely guided by what the victim wants done. 
and it would it's helpful to report it almost immediately after an incident happens because it helps us gather evidence, but you can report a sexual assault at any time. Well, you know, you can see the, the things that are going on with the church, and I don't want to go off topic, but, I mean, there's quite a number of historical matters that we're looking at. But, yes, look, ultimately from, from an investigative point of view, we would like to have people come in as soon as possible because there's forensic material we, we can get. There's CCTV we can get, those sort of things. Um, but, it, it, again, as I said, it's... The investigations are guided by the victims. It's however they want it to go. And I guess the opposing side of that, and one thing that does stick out with all of this um, advice about um, guides to consent, is if you're a person that wants to engage in sex with people in sex on-premise venues, probably the biggest takeaway for me, if I entered, would be to make sure I'm checking in with the other person. Because I think that really eliminates most of what we're talking about. If you know, if, if people have different signals, as you say, it might be verbal, it might be non-verbal. But if you're constantly thinking, is this person enjoying it at is what we're doing okay and checking in with that person, I think then you kind of eliminate the risk that you might actually end up assaulting somebody. So that really should be the primary thing that people think about. Uh, This is an infinitely fascinating topic and I think we'd like to have you all back again on the GLOW show to to review and go over uh, some of these topics again. And coming up in future weeks, one of our guests will be from one of the CASA services. So we're talking about how you can make a report of a sexual assault in another way, not through police, but through a a counselling and medical service. Now, Shane, wet on Wellington. It is. Where are you at, and how do we contact you? And uh, one sixty-two Wellington Street, Collingwood, mm-hmm. about a hundred meters uh, north of the Peel Hotel. Yes. Um, you can catch us on our Facebook page, on our website, or call the venue at any time. And anybody's welcome, even someone like me that looks like a tortoise losing you lost his shell. Super, <laughs> you're a supermodel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. I mean, this has been a, a challenging, but it's been a very informative glow show. Um, it's, it's an honour to have you all here. That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tyak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.